This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 209, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, October the 8th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 209. It's the Comic Reviews episode for uh, releases from Wednesday, October the 8th. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is our weekly reviews episode. Uh, today I'm going to be looking at, I think, about 10 comics uh, that came out on October the 8th. It was kind of a light week Marvel-wise. DC, uh, kind of regular. Um, it just felt like there was not a lot of big Marvel releases, although the releases that did come out were significant. Um, so I'm just going to kind of jump right into it. Uh, so we're going to start with Amazing Spider-Man number 7. Uh, this is kind of a weird split issue, uh, as we get two stories that I kind of feel like it should have just been one or the other. Um, cause it felt disjointed as a result. So, um, if you look at the cover, you'll know what it's about, but uh, if we jump into the first main story, uh, it's written by Dan Slott, artwork by, uh, none other than, um, Giuseppe Camincoli, who I definitely missed on the last few issues because he's just, a, he's such a great Spider-Man artist. He's got a very classic look to him. Uh, he does the Miss Marvel team up part and he also does the second story, which is the Edge, Edge of Spider-Verse Web of Fear storyline. Uh, both taking up, you know, a, a fair part of the issue. Um, I think because we got less overall going on in each story, I just felt like less each story had less room to move. Um, so the main story with uh, Peter Parker himself deals with him and uh, Silk and uh, Anna Maria just kind of trying to deal with, you know, living life. And uh, Cindy and Peter have this undeniable attraction, so Cindy goes off to kind of experience her own life. Um, where uh, Peter and Anna Maria try to kind of come to some sort of resolution with the fact that he can't just be running off to be Spider-Man now that he's got greater responsibilities. He's got older responsibility, as she puts it. Um, and I like that she's trying to get him to understand that not everything that Otto did was bad, and in fact, some things were good. Uh, we have Anna, uh, we have um, Carmala, the new Miss Marvel, finding out about uh, Dr. Minerva, uh, you know, kind of running amok and... Uh, Potentially, you know, because she's wearing Captain Marvel's or Miss Marvel's old costume, she obviously takes this very personally. Spider-Man hears about uh, something going on, it's a superhuman disturbance, so he goes uh, to investigate, just as Miss Marvel has just uh, attacked uh, Dr. Minerva. Um, so Spider-Man and Miss Marvel are going to be having a bit of a team-up. They go up against uh, Dr. Minerva, who then turns into some weird inhuman monster. Um, cool, but very short. And then we have uh, this, uh, oh God, what's his name? Uh, we have this version of Spider-Man from a different reality who's basically, he's, he's part, he's what, Billy Braddock? He's part Spider-Man, part uh, Captain Britain, um, and he watches as he finds out about this, you know, these Spider-Men being killed by Morlun and his family. Uh, we also see the uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friend Spider-Man get murdered, uh, and it looks like Firestar and uh, Iceman have also been murdered, although at least Miss Lion's still alive. Um... We have, you know, this this character looking around and watching these new characters, not just the ones we've already seen, the uh, the brothers and sisters we've already seen, uh, destroying spider characters and other totems. Um, and then they are able to kind of track back where he is. Uh, so as a member of the Captain Britain Corps, he decides, you know, he has to let Roma know um, 
and Lady Saturn. It's actually pretty interesting that he is, that Dan Slott is able to weave in classic continuity for you know the Omniverse and uh, other characters in the multiverse. There's also mention made of the incursions as well. Uh, Dan Slott showing that he likes to live in the Marvel Universe and likes to mix everything together and, and have everything kind of live within the same universe and isn't afraid of continuity and in fact revels in it. And I really like that part of it. Um, it's interesting. I inter I'm interested to see what happens with this uh, kind of this Spider UK character uh, next issue. Um, I, again, I just kind of wish, or in Spider Verse, but I just kind of wish we got more of just him on his own, um, or him having a, a more room for his story. Why didn't he get an Edge of Spider Verse one shot? He kind of showed up in I think one of them watching was it Spider Gwen or something like that. Uh, I just kind of wish that we got him in his own one-shot as opposed to just having him kind of get sandwiched into this kind of overstuffed issue where we ended up getting less of the regular Spider-Man story because we were also fitting in this Edge of Spider-Verse story. I still like both stories. I just wish both had more room to grow. Uh, as a result, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I did like how uh, Dan Slott and Kevin Coley uh, portrayed the new Miss Marvel. I just felt that it was really keeping true to the way that character has been uh, um, written so far. Uh, next up is Avengers number 36 as we continue Time Runs Out. As in seven months, Time Runs Out now. Uh, artwork is by uh, Stefano Caselli. It's written by Jonathan Hickman. Um, I would say it's not quite as strong as last issue. Last strong last issue had amazing artwork um, by a lot of top-notch artists. Not to say that Caselli doesn't do some great artwork here. In fact, I would say this issue has more of a visual consistency than the last issue because you, do, you don't have different artists jumping around. Um, that being said, last issue just felt bigger and uh, it led a lot of questions, but exciting questions. You want to know more about what's going on with the Illuminati. Uh, here it just felt like a um, completely different, separate thing um, as we still see Cannonball and uh, Sunspot, which is cool. So we have Cannonball and, um, and Smasher introducing their child to uh, you know, their, his great-grandfather, a uh, statue of him anyway. We have Sunspot traveling to the Savage Land to look in on their energy project. Uh, which is the idea that they're going to go to the other side of the multiverse. Uh, and then the issue is basically a series of flashbacks as uh, you meet the characters that are going to go into the uh, other side of the multiverse and who are not expected to come back and, then in fact, are expected to die on their mission. Although we're not quite sure what that mission is yet. Uh, so we have Thor going, uh, Hyperion, um, amongst others. Um, definitely, you know, a cool ending. It just it was such a heel turn from last issue because last issue was on the specific set of characters and this issue was you know on some of the same characters but it just felt like what you were most excited about seeing more of we totally moved away from that and did something else entirely. That being said, still a thrilling issue, still a lot of questions. I cannot wait to see where we go with this and I like how Sunspot's being written here. Uh, probably the most competent and the most interesting he's been written probably ever. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I just thought it was a very strong issue, even though it's quite different from the last issue. Then we have Avengers and X-Men Axis number 1, which is one hell of a giant mess. Um, for so, far, so first of all, you have to read Uncanny Avengers like 24, 25. If you don't, you won't understand really what's going on. I mean, it, I, I read it and I still won't really get it. Uh, it starts with the Avengers going up against the Plant Man. We have the Red Skull kind of infecting all their minds and everyone's kind of going crazy and fighting each other. Then we flash back to Genosha. We see Magneto going up against Onslaught, which again, I don't understand how what the hell is happening and how he's even become this giant red Onslaught thing. Uh, and then most of the rest of the issue is just this long fight sequence as we have everyone kind of going up against uh, 
onslaught. You have the Avengers kind of rallying to go to Genosha. Um, you have Rogue finding out that there's a little piece of Xavier still alive and, and he's trying to stop what's happening. Um, Ahab and and the others are fighting against uh, the assembled mutants that are that are uh, freed here, including uh, Genesis, who may or may not be dead because it's very unclear what happens to him with a harpoon through his chest. Um, there's a weird kind of very forced reunion of the X-Men, which didn't feel very genuine to me, um, given how these characters have been portrayed and really hating all, all each other. Uh, and at the very end, uh, we now have these stark sentinels that are made of adamantium that Red Skull has manipulated uh, Tony in the building. This was just a mess. I mean, the artwork is is good. I mean, it's by Adam Kubert, who I love. But again, even his artwork felt like at times like it wasn't quite clear what was going on. A, um, I just I thought this could have been much better. Uh, at the at the back, there's the uh, cover gallery for all the variants to this issue, and I think my favorite my favorite yeah my favorite um, it might have been the Scotty Young cover uh, just because it's adorable. Uh, other than that, or Scotty Youngish, I don't think it's actually Scotty Young, but uh, anyways. Um, yeah, this was this was a mess, unfortunately. I uh, did not enjoy this nearly as much as I was hoping to. Uh, I'm going to give it a f- 5 out of 10. I mean, the artwork's not that bad. But I just felt the story was a bit of a mess. As it, as it, I didn't really know what was going on half the time. Like, it just, things are just happening in this book. And I feel like it's only going to get worse. I don't necessarily think it's going to get better and more cohesive. Um, let's, uh, that's three Marvel books. Let's go to DC. Uh, we got Batgirl 35. Oh boy, um, I hated this. I hate, 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 hated this. Uh, written by Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher, artwork by Babs Tarr. Um, I just, I didn't like this at all. Um, it's such, so different. I mean, it's basically like a soft, it almost was like a hard reboot for Batgirl. She doesn't even feel like the Babs we knew for the last, what, 30-something issues. Uh, she seems stupid and she seems like she's forgetful like she just doesn't seem like the same character she doesn't seem as put together she seems pettier uh the way that they kind of she seems younger and more ridiculous uh the way that she is drawn like even how she puts together this kind of slapdash costume uh i just i didn't like this at all i really thought this might be fun and i was just like this isn't good this is what happened you know like it's completely different which is fine it's just not in any way to my taste. Like I, it's not for me. It's, I'm glad that I'm hoping that there are people out there who really like this new version of Batgirl. They're, it's just not being written for me. I really liked the way it was written and illustrated before. I was more bothered by the artwork, to be honest, than the writing. I mean, the artwork just, uh, just was not that the version of the character that I've really enjoyed reading about. And it just, and it felt juvenile in terms of some of the art and how the character was being written. Uh, if this had been like a brand new launch, I, I would have had less of a problem with it. If this had been Batgirl number one of the first issue of the New 52, I would have had a lot less problems with it. But because we've had a consistent take on the character for the last 34 issues, despite Gail Simone not having written them all, and now we get this, which is completely different, no thanks. I have no interest in reading more of this. Uh, I doubt I'll ever pick up another issue. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10, and I'm, I'm being nice. Um... I just I just didn't like it. Uh, it it was not for me at all. Uh, next up is Batman number thirty five as well. This is the first chapter of Endgame, which was kind of a we didn't know anything about it or what was going to happen in it. Uh, we have Greg Capullo and Greg and Scott Snyder as the creative team. Uh, it's after um, Batman Eternal, which I find a little frustrating that I 
would prefer they not jump to the end of a weekly story that hasn't ended yet. So we know that something happens with Batman, and he's been do- dosed with these fear toxins, which he's having a, an issue with uh, passing. Uh, Alfred's more or less recuperated, and now he has Julia is still there assisting. Uh, Batman has a new Bat Bunker. He also has a new uh, base of operations and an old Court of Owls uh, st- um, base. He's being uh, targeted by the Justice League, so he uses this big kind of bat armor that he's developed in terms of uh, contingency if the Justice League ever comes after him, which is kind of crazy, or if he ever has to fight them. And uh, it looks like it all comes down to the fact that uh, the Justice League is somehow being controlled by the Joker. And then we get a backup story written by James Tinian IV, um, which is illustrated by Kelly Jones, which uh, it was all right with the Pale Man. I wasn't that interested in it, but it was all right. The main story, um, it continues the... I feel like the coloring I didn't like. I just like. I guess I just like darker Batman stories, and and not seeing this version of Bruce Wayne, which I think is a little too light at times by Capullo. Um, I think the color palette could be a lot darker. I know it's happening during the day, and that's probably why it isn't. But I just prefer a darker look to my Batman books. Uh, interesting idea for the story. I'll go again. There's not much of an actual story here yet. We're just getting a series of fight sequences and classic kind of back-god ideas that Batman, given the time to prepare, which he has, he would be able to develop something that would be able to go up against most of the members of the Justice League. Um, I'm going to give it a six. Um, It wasn't bad. I think future chapters of this will probably be more entertaining uh, when we get more of an idea as to what's really going on here. Uh, Going back back to Batman Eternal, we have... uh, Issue number 27. Uh, it's written by Scott Snyder and James Tinian IV. Uh, script by Tim Seeley. Ray Fox and Kyle Higgins are the consulting writers. And James Garon... Sorry, Gavier, Javier Garon is on art. Um, who at times I thought he did a really good job. And at other times I just really didn't like the artwork at all. It's amazing how inconsistent one artist can be. Or inconsistent my taste could be, I guess. Um, the story was a little jumbled. Um... But for the most part, I did find it entertaining. Uh, got Killer Croc on the on the warpath looking for this child he was looking after before. Uh, you have um, Batgirl going after uh, Bard to get information. You have Catwoman and Batman teaming up slightly, and then her ditching him. You have um, uh, the spoiler, un, you know, helping out Batman and, and trying to communicate with Batman. Not a bad chapter. Um, kind of forgettable in a lot of ways, though. So I'm going to give it a six. But it had its moments. Uh, next up is Earth 2, World's End number 1. Oh my goodness. Um, first of all, have you ever seen such a giant list of creators on the bottom left-hand side of a book? I don't think you have. And then when you open up the first issue, the first page, it's just insane. The story is by Daniel H. Wilson. It's written by Daniel H. Daniel H. Wilson, Margaret Bennett, and Mike Johnson, with artwork by Ardian C.F. and Sandra Hope and Danny Mickey. Uh, I guess that's one artistic team. Uh, Jorge Jimenez, Eddie Barrows, and Eber Ferreira, Paulo Sequeira, and Cam Smith. Breakdowns by Scott McDaniel. There's just a lot of people involved in this. And then the colorists, there's a ton of those as well. Uh, this is the next new weekly series. And I just, I guess the problem with this is that you have a book that is so based on an existing ongoing that you spend most of this issue just recapping what's happened in the last, you know, 20-something issues. Uh, it wasn't bad. It was just so much recap that I felt like there wasn't a lot of new information. If you've been reading New Fifty Two, uh, sorry, uh, Earth Two, uh, you just be getting more and more of the same. And then you get to this point at the end 
where it's just like, okay, something big's gonna happen. And then you pick up the new issue of Earth Two, and it feels like it has not. It, it goes somewhere completely different, and I guess picks up at a different point. So just, I wonder how they're gonna work these. That you have this weekly series, and you also have this monthly, and how are that? How is that really gonna work from now on? Um, I the issue is so heavy with exposition. The artwork was fine. It just, I felt like it wasn't much of new information. And it spent so much time in recap, which was important if you haven't been reading Earth 2. But if you have been reading Earth 2, it just felt inconsequential because it was just so much recap. Um, so the actual, uh, I'm going to give it a 5. Um, just because I, I, I didn't think it was that great an issue. It was more of an, an it almost felt like Earth 2 Worlds at number 0. If it had been a 0 issue, I don't know why, but that would have made the difference for me. Because... I feel like the first issue to do more to kind of start moving a plot around as opposed to just kind of recapping everything that's ever happened in this world before we even get to the point. Uh, then we also have Earth 2, number 27, um, which is uh, written by Tom Taylor, who I, I'm surprised he's not involved in the main ongoing uh, of the weekly. He's uh, joined by Margaret Bennett, who's writing the... Um, one of the writers on the uh, weekly and then artwork is by Andy Smith and Trevor Scott on pages 5 to 17 and 20 and Marcus Stowe and Scott Hanna who do pages 1 to 4 and 18 to 19 um, I actually like this issue um, you have Batman and uh, Helena Wayne having to deal with um, their kind of relationship uh, you have uh, the um, kind of relationship between Power Girl and the new Superman of Earth 2 uh, I like how it's all framed in the idea between, um, you know, there's someone in, lurking in the background helping out uh, Helena Wayne when she was younger and protecting her. You also see Kara as she's growing up with uh, Clark and Lois. And then you also have earlier um, when uh, Kara and Helena were stuck on our kind of new earth together, what their relationship was like and, and their bonding. And I like how it's kind of framed within that and we kind of end with that as well. So I actually really dug this issue. Um, it felt a little bit different than previous issues, but I still enjoyed it. And I think it was a lot stronger than the debut issue of the weekly. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, next up is Manhattan projects. Number 24. Um, this remains one of the most unconventional books I've read. Um, I really dig this. This issue is called, called Texas roulette. It's written by Jonathan Hickman, artwork by Nick Patara. Um, what goes on with uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, I thought was really interesting. The idea that his mission was to protect John F. Kennedy. And uh, then because of Groves and uh, Westmoreland is why he ends up dying. Uh, is why um, they use him as a patsy to basically then end up killing uh, Kennedy. Uh, very interesting issue. Uh, mostly kind of set in this kind of narrow period where you have uh, Westmoreland and Groves who are such an interesting team killing Kennedy and then uh, the end of the issue uh, we get to see that something big is going to happen next with um, uh, the men in space now I forget their names but uh, Yuri and uh, oh my god Rocket Man whatever his name is <laughs> anyways I, I, I really dug this it was uh, really well done the artwork remains fantastic the page with uh, it's a full page splash of uh kennedy's head blowing up really gross but also really well um articulated artistically by um by nick patara i really dug this it was it remains a great book uh it's such a different book from issue to issue sometimes and especially from arc to arc because they change focuses but i'm still digging it and i love how uh f um 
Lyndon Johnson is portrayed. I think he's just one of the most interesting characters I've seen in a while in this book, and that's saying something. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. And last up is Nightcrawler, um, which uh, is written by... Well, the story is by Margaret Bennett, and then the script is by Chris Claremont, which is interesting that he was doing the scripting and not doing the plotting, and then Todd Nock doing the art. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. I don't know what it is about this book, but uh, I know that we're... These days, it's almost like a, it's almost too easy to say that you know Chris Claremont is past his prime. He's not what he used to be, and and I think sometimes he's used as a punching bag. But uh, I actually really, really dug what he's done with the with this book. I think uh, his take on Nightcrawler is incredibly fun. Uh, it's a fun, fast-paced book. Even this issue that was so much about a recollection of Nightcrawler's feelings on Wolverine was, I thought, really true to the character. A lot of it was just kind of recap, but. I think it was um, a recap that was filtered through a character's remembrances when a character has died. That being said, it's interesting that Death of Wolverine hasn't actually finished yet, so Wolverine's not even dead yet. But I, I did like that we have this really kind of sweet remembrance that Nightcrawler has for him, and that at the very end, the way he kind of bonds with Rachel as well. I, and the art by Knock was great, and there's some classic kind of moments that he uh, is able to bring back to life and recreate in his art as well. I just really dug this. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot better than uh, this this series remains a lot better than I originally would have expected and I mean that in the best way possible I mean I just think Chris Claremont has really surprised me his scripting has been so good and I just really enjoy Nightcrawler um it feels like him coming back to life was worth it if this is the book we got out as a result um because I just feel like it he does a good, great job really uh getting his voice down so looking for that's everything for uh, for October the eighth. But looking forward to the fifteenth of October, uh, we have the following coming out. We've got, uh, or at least some of the highlights include the Batman sixty six hardcover volume two, as well as the first trade paperback. Uh, the next chapter of Batman and Robin uh, Robin Rises, uh, with the uh, hardcover for uh, Zero Dark City coming out. Um, we have Earth Two Worlds End continues. Now we have three weeklies. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, a new issue of Justice League comes out, so we just had one, uh, guess what, last week uh, on the 1st, so now we have another one coming out, uh, so we're finally up to date because issue 35 is where all the other original uh, New 52 titles are at at this point. Uh, we have a, another Supergirl uh, Doomed Aftermath issue, as well as a Trinity Sin number 1 is the new launch. Um, oh, actually, before I even talk about... Uh, what's coming out next week. I should talk about what I missed this week. Uh, I didn't have a chance to read the following. All New Ultimates number 9, Arrow Susan 2.5 number 1, Astro City 16, Captain Marvel number 8, Coffin Hill number 12, Constantine 18, FBP, Federal Bureau of Physics number 14, George Romero's Empire of Dead Act 2 number 2, Green Lantern Corps 35, Hawkeye vs. Deadpool number 1, Injustice Gods Among Us Year 3 number 1, Justice League United number 5, Clarion number one, Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble number thirteen, Miracle Man number twelve, New Fifty Two Futures End number twenty three, New Suicide Squad number three, Punisher eleven, Rocket Raccoon number four, Savage Hulk number five, Scooby Doo Where Are You number fifty, Smallville Season eleven Chaos number three, Superman Wonder Woman number twelve, Thanos that got up there listening number one, World's Finest twenty seven, and X Force number ten. Whew. Uh, looking back now at uh, the fifteenth, uh, what's coming up uh, this coming week. Um, from uh, Marvel, some of the highlights include the second trip paperback of uh, All New X Factor, which has recently been announced as being cancelled, which is very sad. Uh, the first trade paperback of Amazing Spider-Man from the relaunch called Parker Luck. Uh, the second issue of Axis is coming out already. Oof, that's coming fast and heavy. 
Uh, we've got a new chapter and sorry, new issues of Avengers World and Daredevil. Uh, for those who haven't had a chance to try out the new San Francisco-based Daredevil book, uh, there's the first trade paperback, which is called Devil at Bay. Uh, we've got the Death of Wolverine number four, which is the last issue. We have the Death of Wolverine Logan Legacy number one, the last issue of Edge of Spider-Verse. Uh, we've got new chapters of Fantastic Four and Hulk. Uh, we have a Magneto number 11, which is an Axis tie-in, which may or may not be the last issue. I actually can't remember. Uh, for those who enjoy Marvel Zombies, it's the third trade paperback of the collected, sorry, complete collection. Um, for, um, let's see, Miss Marvel is the first trade paperbacks coming out called No Normal, uh, which I can't wait to have on my shelves. Uh, New Avengers 25, which continues time runs out with seven months left to, to go. We have an original sin annual, which is so stupid the way they do these types of things to do annuals for miniseries. I think that's dumb personally anyway uh we've got the new uh, issue of spider-man 2099 which is uh, part of edge of spider-verse the uh storm number four superior foes of spider-man number 16 the thor epic collection for thor god of thunder sorry called god of thunder sorry which is the first kind of appearances of thor in the marvel universe and then in the x-men side we have uncanny x-men 27 and wolverine the x-men number 10 so that is everything coming out next week. Thank you for joining me for episode 209 of the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I have been your host, Adam Chapman. Thanks for listening to this episode with our reviews of the releases from October the 15th. And we will catch you next time for episode 210. Who knows what that will be? Something exciting, I hope. Uh, if you want to email me, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, and you can also subscribe to us on iTunes and post in our HC Realms thread as well. Thank you again, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>